0: Do you like books, or movies, or TV shows, or songs with lyrics? You know, things that were created by writers. Of course you do. Do you like watching people type? I doubt it. Do you like hearing people tell you about how they came up with the things they type? Maybe and there are lots of shows like that, but this isn't one of them. Do you ever procrastinate? Writers do too. So, if you've ever enjoyed a great book, or film, or TV show, or song, or poem, and you thought, I'll bet the woman who wrote this epic high-fantasy TV series, or the guy who wrote this funny, queer sci-fi novel, or the person who writes this punch-you-in-the-gut poetry would be really fun to hang out with, and I'd like to hear them confess their bad not-writing habits, you're in the right not-writing place. I'm Benjamin Gorman. And the quiet guy behind the glass there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry, stuff like that. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. From Notify Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing.
1: Today's magic word is raccoon.
0: Welcome, everyone. Today's guest is Maggie Sumpter. Uh, Maggie is the author of Little Rooms with Bad Lighting and Utopia in Green. When does Utopia in Green come out?
1: Uh, Utopia in Green, it's coming out in February. An exact release date is to be announced because we are looking for advanced readers right now. Um, and anyone interested in doing so is more than welcome to DM me or Kith Books, K-I-T-H books on Twitter and let us know about that.
0: Excellent. And that, so that's a poetry chapbook, right? Yes.
1: yes. It'll, oh, be, uh, my, it'll be my second total. It'll be my first available both digitally and in print. So that's super exciting.
0: Broad readership. Good. Well, that's, let's go for that. Let's get more poetry in people's hands. I appreciate yes. that. Excellent. So uh, as regular listeners know, we've got two kind of formats going on simultaneously. The show is on YouTube, so some folks are seeing us, and we are on a podcast, so some folks can only hear us. We always dress up in these amazing costumes for the oh, show, yeah. and then we have to describe them for the folks who are listening to the podcast. So tell everybody how you're dressed today.
1: Well, um, I actually recently thrifted an exact Stitch for Stitch copy of Bjork's Famous Swan dress from the 2001 oscars and i figured today was the perfect day to finally pull that out of the closet and throw that on so that's the fit for today it looks amazing
0: I, and thank you, you. It? you look- how much did you find that for
1: um it was probably it was in like the designer like premium section right so probably like 15 dollars 15 points still 20. That's yeah,
0: I Oh my gosh, I, it looks fantastic.
1: Thank you so much. You look fantastic as well.
0: Well, I yeah, I wanted to compliment that and so uh, you know, here in Oregon, you're you're in Alabama, I'm in Oregon and here in Oregon our two big mascots for our two big universities are the Ducks and the Beavers. And Perfect. so I wanted to do a duck costume cuz I thought it would it would uh, you know, complement the, the the swan costume well and and luckily because of the Ducks, you can get duck costumes. Everywhere. I mean, people who are not from Oregon don't understand this, but this is a full size duck mascot costume, and you can buy them at basically convenience stores. Like they are everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, there yeah. is beaver costumes only in adult shops. I have no idea why. I think it might be a misreading <laughs> of a state law, but you cannot get beaver costumes anywhere. But so I got this duck costume, and then I wanted to go for like a mallard thing and uh-huh. not like the, the, you know, the white, all white uh, Oregon duck duck. So I I, I this headpiece that I'm wearing. I uh, bought some spray paint and I did coats of chrome and then coats of green, chrome green. To get See, and that you would never shiny, guess that that
1: spray paint that looks professionally done. It looks it
0: looks really cool. What I didn't think of in advance is the fumes. And being inside this thing right now with six coats of spray paint on it yeah. was not well considered have
1: you got like so, a window open anywhere
0: uh, the, yeah i've got yeah i need I, I have the window open but no fan and boy okay, perfect. inside well, this if, so if i pass out in the middle of the show it's right. not if a comment on a breather, the conversation just let me know.
1: we can pause the show and we yeah. can go on
0: it's yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of spray paint fumes going on here I, we'll see Fully what that understand. does to my mood like i have no idea <laughs> uh, it's my first time experimenting with six coats of spray paint in a mascot mask so we'll we'll see how that goes
1: I believe in you. You've got this. I'll,
0: I'll do my best. So yeah. uh, so this is a show about procrastination, how we procrastinate. And so what have you, what what kind of pop culture has been drawing you away from your writing this week?
1: Well, um, recently I've acquired a full collection of the Dragon Age video game series, which I adore and is one of my absolute favorites. And it's been really fun going through and replaying it all. Um, I'm on Dragon Age Origins right now so the very first game I'm getting to go through and relive all of that nostalgia and now that I have all three chronologically I can import the past save files into the future games
0: which I had never I played was it three and four which was Inquisition
1: Uh, that was three
0: that was three so I played uh, maybe I played two and three Okay. and uh and and uh didn't connect that decisions made were crossing over which i know really it is very cool it is
1: it is such an innovative and fresh like storytelling avenue because the first the first one i want to say came out in like the very early like 2004 2005 and um inquisition the last you know the last rendition of it came out still i think 2015 so even being almost 10 years ago, I think it's a really, really great take to be able to, oh, yeah, this one tiny decision you made 11 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, still holds weight now and will continue to hold weight in future future editions of the game.
0: Well, and I am very much feeling that as an author. I'm working on the uh, third part of a trilogy. Right. And deci- same thing, decisions that I made years ago, I'm going, oh, I'm locked into that now. Yeah, uh, I've got a a bunch of characters who are interacting in the Pacific Ocean, and I was like, "Oh, I could set this scene later in the book in Scandinavia." No, I can't. They're in the (laughs) Pacific. They are. They can't get to Scandinavia. I'm locked into a choice I made offhand, like not even thinking about it uh, at the time. And now I'm kind of stuck. So, but I appreciate as you know, as a storyteller, it it makes me. Immediately see that they are taking storytelling very seriously. Right, they care, and you can see that in the feel that in the games. They think about the lore and the cultures, and you know all of that. They and so that that is yeah. one of the reasons. That's a great series.
1: Oh my goodness, it's it's been so fun reliving that whole thing.
0: Yeah, and
1: fantasy has been always really up my alley, and so you know it just it really tunnel visions me in to not want to do anything else.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Those are the kinds of games where I have to schedule them. I have to say, okay, I've got a bunch of projects I need to work on. I will reward myself with Dragon Age because otherwise, if I start playing Dragon Age, the other stuff is not happening.
1: I'm I'm gone. I'm gone for hours. I'm MIA.
0: I'm a, a public school teacher and I can't schedule those during the school year. Cause I would go, Oh, I guess I'm not going to school for two weeks. So those yeah, are like fair. summer, okay. Christmas break. Like, okay. I've, you know, I got, I got the, you know, uh, new dragon age games. That's my, that's my entire uh, winter break is going to be playing this game, but totally worth it. Oh yeah. So how about in the news? What is a news story that's been drawing you away from your writing?
1: Um, So very recently on uh, the college campus that I live right nearby, we have basically in the common area, there have been people over the last week or so, like writing anti-Semitic comments in chalk all over the common areas. And it's, it's been extremely disheartening, but at the same time, watching the Jewish community on campus and watching all of these minority groups on campus band together, like and stand in the middle of all these common areas together in light of that has been very inspiring and very enlightening.
0: That is really cool. It does, you know, bring to mind this debate that's been going on since really pre-George Floyd, kind of beginning of the Trump yeah. era. Of are we better off being able to see it? Is this something that is always, you know, that the that, that people of color, that you know, uh, Jewish people have been dealing with? I'm of Jewish descent and white passing, so I don't have to feel it, you know, interpersonally, right? Uh, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but uh, but you know, it, it, so it's a very different experience than you know a person of color who has to uh, you know uh, experience that on a day-to-day basis. But when these kinds of things happen, they are scary for us because it's like, oh yeah, this has always been there under the surface. Uh, and and then there's this other part of me, and uh, you know, a lot of folks in the discourse saying, on the other hand, now we can see it, and maybe it's better to be able to see it and stand together and recognize it rather than having it be this hidden thing that was just, you know, somebody's racist uncle would, you know, occasionally right. make a comment at Thanksgiving, but nobody else was aware of it. Like, no, this is something that is out there in the culture. But of course, the flip side of it is now having it out there and visible how many more people are being activated, you know, and saying, oh, this is right. apparently okay, because I heard about, you know, this player from the New Jersey Nets, who's now, you know, down with this anti-Semitic documentary on Amazon, I guess this is acceptable. So, uh, it is it is hard to to know, are we better off with it visible, you know, and yet not as shameful as it should be? Or were we better off when it was hidden? Uh, you know, I, I I don't have a, clear sense of that myself but it's i I am glad to hear people were standing together i think that yes is really important
1: and i i think i mean honestly as far as my opinion is not like as far as my opinion is concerned it does not matter the slightest i am blessed and i am privileged to be born into a place where i don't have to face as many hardships and i don't have to face as as many of those trials but i think it is so wonderful seeing people find a common ground and seeing people get together and know that they're making a difference and they're making things right for themselves and it's it's honestly like so humbling to stand by them
0: yeah well, and people of different identities coming together is so important in that struggle because if you just have People saying, I'm looking out for my own group. That right. group remains very small and very threatened. But when people say, no, my group also faces a, a different kind of discrimination and I'm going to stand with you, it right. makes a huge difference. Uh, and, you know, the, the, of course, the news story that really has, you know, taken so much of my attention this week is uh, Tyree Nichols' story. Uh, Absolutely. And that has been uh, a you know, not unrelated, uh, uh, unfortunately, to what you've been experiencing there on campus. We've seen this rise of anti-Semitism and this rise of overt racism. And I didn't understand uh, until I did some real deep dive research why those two are so intimately connected. And, you know, this goes back generations, but the in in the United States, the history of anti-black racism, uh anti-Latino racism, anti-Asian racism is often connected to anti-Semitism. And I, I didn't understand why. And it turns out, and this is really gross to hear about, But if you are going to a group of already disempowered, poor white people, and you are trying to disempower them further by saying you need to be at constant war with people of color, they are a threat to you, you can't justify that if you are saying this group of people of color are inferior, because inferiority implies not a threat. And so if your goal, if you are in power, is to say to a group of white people, you must feel threatened all the time you have to say this group of people over here are not a threat to you because they are inferior they are a threat to you because they are being manipulated by this other group that is smart and evil and so the 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 at the root of the nazism is always the idea yeah. that the the you know the, the there's an evil small cabal of elites and that's always connected to Judaism And so you'll hear these people say, oh, it's George Soros, which is the new code for, you know, here's a person who's Jewish and wealthy, and they are running the show and they are activating people of color against you. And that's how you make people afraid of a conspiracy that does not and never has existed, so that they are saying, oh, I am now willing to be afraid of people and simultaneously think of them as inferior which is a bizarre disconnect, but that's always how the propaganda has worked. And so whenever we see these rises in anti-immigrant sentiment, oh no, people are coming over the Southern border. There are people behind the scenes saying, and you know, they're being secretly organized by people who are Jewish. And I did not, that was mind blowing to me.
1: Yeah, no, that's not something I've ever heard about. And
0: it's- It's gross. And this goes back- you know literally pre united states this is rooted in this idea of jewish people are inherently evil because by virtue of not being christian and are out to get you in some way and that's how they are organizing everybody else who is against you and so this is th- these things are connected uh and then you know they're intersectional so then you tell right. people oh and also part of that is women are inferior and People of color are out to get women, and so we must protect inferior women. And so it, the right. sexism is always connected, right? And and so yeah, seeing what is you know what happened to Tyree Nichols, you 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 hear this kind of defense the, of the of the police's behavior. That's oh well, the police officers who were beating him were also black, therefore this is acceptable. And it's like, no, this is part of a much larger system of oppression that includes anti-Blackness felt by Black people who've been trained in a racist system, as we all have. And so watching that and, and hearing about other kinds of hate crimes and realizing these things are not disconnected. Um, yeah, yeah. I did see, and this was really lovely and I hope people will share it. The family of Tyree Nichols shared this beautiful video of him skateboarding, And uh, he loved to take pictures of sunsets and they share about this is who this person was as a father, as a, you know, he liked skating, he liked, you know, photography. Let's remember him as a full human being. And I think that that's so important right now that we don't say, oh, remember this incident with this, you know, but rather here was an actual, here was a man who was a dad, who was a photography lover, who was a skateboarder. Uh, and and remember him in that way, and so I hope people will think about Tyree Nichols as a person, and and you know check out that if you have not seen the video that his family released.
1: I personally haven't, so I it's will.
0: Worth it's worth your time. It's worth people checking out just to remember him as a full human, uh, and and you know not just a person involved in one awful incident. Um, so so now that I've ranted about that, <laughs> what to, on on a lighter note. What is a hobby that has been taking your attention away when uh, from, from your writing?
1: Well, um, I, I'm kind of a workaholic, so I spend most of my time at work. I work pretty much 40, 50 hours a week as a bartender at a hotel, which is, by the way, the most fun job ever. And if you have the stomach for it, go for it. Like, it is so much fun. But aside from that, in my, albeit pretty limited free time, Uh, Me and my roommates, we will schedule these full-fledged elaborate game nights when we're all off and we'll invite a whole bunch of people over, cook for them, play a whole bunch of board games, video games, what have you, and just have like an amazing time our board game collection is getting kind of ridiculous. I was point. just
0: talking to a friend about the board games that that she plays with her, you know, our group on a regular basis and they are finding that the games that they play are the ones that are longer and longer and longer. Like the more yeah. they get into games the more it's you know, 5-hour, 6-hour games to play and this is, you know, they used to do D&D which, you know, is many many sessions, but now it's right. you know, what is one game we can play that's, you know, so what are some of the games that have been, you know, coming back?
1: Um well, Pretty much anything by Unstable Games. They're really quick, like, big party games. They're super easy. We've been playing um, Wrong Party a lot, Unstable Unicorns, that sort of thing. It allows us to accommodate for a much bigger group of people with a lot of different interests. Um, and then if if we've got a group together that's really just, like, down to party, it's Catan time. Yes. And their no-holds-barred is, like,
0: <laughs> full yeah.
1: bloodbath.
0: Yeah, I love Catan. And I was talking to this friend and they were like, no, Catan's too simple for us. Like they like these incredibly complex, you know. And I'm like, mm, no, yeah. Catan's probably where we uh, you know, kind of top out. But uh I love settlers. That is a great game. It is
1: it is so fun. And for for no there's a there's actually a very similar game that we've gotten. It's kind of um to me, it's a mix of like Catan and like ticket to ride. Um, it's called Raccoon Tycoon. And you're just a whole bunch of funny little animals trying to buy up this railroad and trying to basically like have a monopoly over everyone else. And it is so cute and fun. And every time we play it, we just start doing fun little voices for everything we're going to do. And it is, it's, it's it takes the same level of like skill and preparation and strategy and ruthlessness of like Catan. And it allows you to just be a lot stupider with it
0: well i am hoping that my fiance does not listen to this episode so that i can get that for her because she is super into like raccoons you know like yes uh, you know, that, they just came out with like... a
1: sequel game for it called lizard wizard and we have not picked up Lizard wizard however that is the next on our list
0: yes well if 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 crystal had her way we would have raccoons as pets my dog evie who you may see walking in and out is what prevents us from having a raccoon in the house so uh that's yeah <laughs> i think that raccoon tycoon i will we'll have to check yeah, and no, I'll put I've got, that in the show got notes got two
1: cats that is raccoon enough
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah raccoons are yeah the, the cats of the wild um so uh let's go to uh i'm gonna have doug our producer uh, fire up the ad music and we'll do the ad break and then we'll be back in just a sec thanks everybody this week's ad is for ads more specifically advertisers even more specifically people who want to advertise something on this show Are you an author struggling to let readers know about your book? Do you have a product that would appeal to the kind of person who also likes to listen to writers talk about procrastinating? Do you like ads filled with questions? No? Well, then go to the homepage for the show and find the link on the bottom about advertising here. We're now on our 10th episode and have around 500 downloads, and that's not a lot, but the graphs are going in the right direction, and our rates are very low, so why the heck not? Also, we have a couple of live shows coming up. Come participate in a live recording of Writers Not Writing at the Portland Fan Expo, which is from February 17th to 19th. Guests will include Jeff Davis, Derek, Derek Koch, and Nicholas P. Robinson. Uh, we'll also be at NorwestCon in Seattle, April 6th to 9th. Uh, the guests for that one are TBA. We would love to have you in the live audience for both. So bring some fun questions to ask our panels of procrastinating authors, and we will see you there. Welcome back, everyone. So when you're not writing this week, what is something you've been daydreaming about? Daydreaming is both part of the writing process and potentially a, a means to procrastinate. How? What have you been daydreaming about?
1: Well, um, so I, I've i been daydreaming a lot. Um, on top of playing Dragon Age, I played Hollow Knight as well a lot recently. I've been replaying that over and over, and I've been daydreaming like, writing a poetry collection based off Hollow Knight, but am I going to make any progress towards that? Absolutely not. Um, aside- no,
0: That sounds so cool to me. And I'm wondering yeah. if you could do something with Hollow Knight, For folks who don't know, Hollow Knight is a, is a deeper game than it is often kind of, than, than, yes. than it might look like if you were just looking at it from a distance. Uh, and it would be really cool to do something where you do a Hollow night poetry without ever acknowledging that it's Hollow night poetry. And see, see, and that's could... that's
1: what we're trying to dance around there. Yeah. And, um. Recently, I want to say it was like it was in the middle of the. It was in the middle of you know the the Rona, right. um, and a lot of things were going on. There was someone that I followed on Twitter. Um, their name is Samantha Fain, and they actually had a like full chat book uh based off the show bojack horseman oh yeah and the creator of the show acknowledged it did a little back cover blurb for it and i bought it and it is absolutely beautiful poetry that stands on its own away from like bojack yeah. horseman but it's definitely very much inspired and fueled by that
0: that's that's um, very cool that you got a response i wrote a poem in my last collection that is based on uh, uh the the third installment of nettie Okarafors. um Series Binti, and you know it's this kind of poem that you wouldn't recognize. You know, you can read it without knowing right. that it's even you know vaguely about that. But it was kind of what I was feeling about this character in this moment, and it's it yeah. seems very abstract uh, to to the reader. And it's like, no, if you actually read the books, you'd go, oh, that's the you know the the new fish is the name of the ship. Like, I get it. Yeah. And uh, and I reached out to, to uh, uh, Dr. Okorafor on Twitter and tried to see if I could get her to, you know, like say, <laughs> oh yeah, something? that's, you know, and no response. So, Nettie, if you are, if you are, uh, you know, if, if you're, you're listening to this, today. please recognize there is a poem in, uh, in a book that is inspired by that fantastic series of novellas. But yeah, I think a Hollow night one could be really cool if you could kind of pull it off where people are like, I right. love this book of poetry. And then you're like, well, guess what? Oh, Well,
1: guess what? It's all about Hollow Knight.
0: Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of just the imagery in addition to both the imagery and the way that those various creepy scenes make you feel that yes. you could play with, you know. And
1: so many so many wonderful characters like even the small ones that show up once or twice they've got so much lore packed into them for no reason whatsoever right and it is is just it's it's a beautiful game just like the dragon age games for me it's a beautiful game from the storytelling aspect yeah because you don't know everything in the slightest
0: yeah well and and the, the thing that strikes me about hollow knight is the art is not stunning realistic but it's beautiful like gorgeous really is absolutely gorgeous. And so that like, would be cool to play with too from a you know yes can i convert this into language uh that right rises to that level of beauty that would be really cool i mean there, there's so there's a challenge for you right oh, write a yeah. hollow night book uh but i I think folks would love i mean i think hollow night fans would go oh i see i i recognize
1: right and the- you know and people who don't know are just like oh this is just good like I like this
0: yeah this is just good stuff yeah, there, yeah. There's, there's 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 layers um <laughs> so you've got a book coming out right now uh you know very oh, yeah. very soon uh but what else is going on that people should know about about your career
1: well um far as like careers concerned
0: <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, utopia and green is the big thing right i mean yes, that's we, the big we, thing. we timed this so this is just at the right time yes. i mean that's coming um, out very soon
1: i've been i've been honestly on like a one-year writing hiatus because of work and kind of getting back into like the snowball of things because i've completely uprooted and changed my career twice at this point i was a paralegal for a while which allowed me to have time to sit in my office and write and do anything i needed to whenever i had whenever i had the time and now i'm like always on my feet always moving always can't do that as a bartender no that does not allow for that (laughs) like the worst we'll do is on a very slow day we'll play jenga um yeah and it's
0: You could take notes, though. I'll bet you are collecting stories that will be. Oh, so
1: always, always. My uh, my favorite, probably my favorite one to date is um, this was about a month and a half ago. We had a family who was dropping their daughter off for college and um, they were staying at the hotel and they came into the restaurant and they sat down and they pulled out this ratty looking spiral notebook and a deck of cards. And they were, they just started playing a game of gin rummy that they had been carrying on since that little girl who was going to college was eight years old. How? And it was the exact same game and they were still tallying up the scores in this ratty spiral notebook. I and hope they, it
0: was close. I hope it wasn't like mom is, you know, three million points ahead of right. everyone else, and everyone is just crushed. And this is, you know, fine. We'll humor her. Like I hope it's yeah. like no. We've been playing this for eighteen years, and we're six points apart. You know,
1: <laughs> right. And um, the the way they explained it to me was that they were going to continue playing this game every time they got together until one of them passed on. Yeah. And. Then they were going to invite someone new to the game to take that spot and just keep it going and just fill up all these notebooks, which was the coolest thing to me. That like, is
0: really cool. It's
1: like um, I saw a documentary a couple of days ago. It was a little mini doc on YouTube about a guy who has been running the exact same d campaign for 40 years. Yeah. And he. Characters
0: sh- are all like, you know, so yeah. well developed.
1: and he basically was like, yeah, no, I invite someone to the game and they know that they're going to be in this thing until something happens to one of us. Like- yeah.
0: Oh, that is awesome. I, I, It makes me, you know, maybe maybe this is a parenting fail on my part. My son is going off to college this next year and we don't have a, a you know, running gin rummy game or cribbage. Right. Our thing is Halo. And so they'll just have oh, to keep fair. making new Halo games so that we can be playing those forever because, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, but uh, even, you know, there are enough Halo games now in the series that we can go, you know, I've got a little time. And he's like, OK, I'll pause Elden Ring or whatever else he's playing. Yeah. We will play more Halo together. So, yeah, for, for years and years to come, we will still be uh, doing our, our, our yeah. long term Halo game.
1: That That's me and my brother with the Kingdom Hearts series. Oh, yeah. Uh, my brother, he's two years younger than me. And so when we were growing up, it was basically like you two were going to like the exact same things as you grow up because I'm only getting one thing and y'all are going to have to learn to share. And so it was the Kingdom Hearts games for us. And we all got absolutely obsessed with these games. And we've played every single installment all the way through. Um, We've been living in separate states for about three years now. And every time something new comes out or we hear any news whatsoever, we call the other one and we're like, okay, so have you heard about the new kingdom hearts rhythm game that is there now that you play through the whole thing just to get one tiny bit of lore about kingdom hearts four, which isn't going to come out for another 15,000 years. Right. And so (laughs) it's, it's It's been very fun and a, a great, great avenue for like me and my brother to stay in touch and keep hanging out and have something long running.
0: Yeah. Well, I think this is perfect. So we have a weekly poll. Yes. And I think we have just come across our topic for our weekly poll. So we could ask perfect. folks of the following series, which is the best Kingdom Hearts, Halo, Dragon Age, Hollow Knight and see, let people weigh in. Which of those is the best? Uh, I would love to hear people's preferences, you know, or maybe we put in other um, and see where folks come in on that. Last week's poll, which was actually two weeks worth of polls, uh, uh, came to us from Scott Boss. He asked uh, how people felt about bidets and uh, the options were, uh, I love blasting my butt clean with water. I might try it in the right situation. Never TP for life and when in japan
1: i mean and, you
0: know yep and uh so the results were uh uh a a three-way tie this surprised me actually three-way tie love blasting my butt i might try it and when in japan
1: i like mm-hmm. that everyone's open to the idea
0: right nobody <laughs> went with like no way i'm only gonna use toilet paper forever right. like which frankly surprised me so i'm
1: really glad that everyone and all of your viewers you've got a good viewer base that is open to hygiene practices well
0: that's what it tells me is like this the viewers of this show are open to new experiences right they're like okay well i'm willing to try maybe just on a vacation but i'm at least willing to give a new thing a try which you know i i appreciate I'm very much a when in Japan person, which, you know, uh, you know, I'm old dog new tricks. Like, yes, when I am, over, you know, but I'm coming back to my toilet paper.
1: Right. But, you know, if you're
0: in, when I was in Italy, when I was in Egypt, like, okay, I, this weird thing is in the bath. I'm going to give it a whirl. Why not? Yeah. So
1: <laughs> there's buttons. Let's press them. Exactly. What, well,
0: what does this do? Oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 so uh, what's in your to-read pile? What is What book is going to be helping you procrastinate in the near future?
1: Um, so very recently, I went on a road trip, and I picked up Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames.
0: Mm. Um,
1: I had bought the sequel first on accident. And so I went back, and while I was on my trip, I saw the first one, bought the first one, read a good chunk of it on the way back home, absolutely adored it have not touched it in like two weeks. Not mainly for lack of trying. I definitely right. do want to read it and get back into it. I just have not had the time or have not had the energy to walk the five steps to my bookshelf. Yes. And grab it.
0: But that's Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames. Yes. Right? Okay. So that's that that's that sounds like something I would enjoy as well. It's, you know. it's
1: basically um imagine you are part of a DD campaign your group of adventurers that campaign was 25 years ago you guys decide to revisit it 25 years later with the same group and so it's all of these it's this retired mercenaries guild that has gotten together and is going back on one last hoorah but they're all like a little too old to be getting out and doing what they did all that time ago
0: what was the uh the the movie there were two of them about um like retired CIA agents uh gosh! red was it red is that what it's
1: called I think so yeah this is
0: the the fantasy red essentially I guess (laughs) so yeah
1: that's awesome the first one I'm reading um currently sort of kind of getting back into it um and then the sequel bloody rose is about one of their daughters and her adventure and so it doesn't
0: stick with the olds forever
1: no but it is it is one of the funnier books I've read in a very long time, which I was not expecting in the slightest. Like I was legitimately laughing out loud while yep. reading, which I doesn't happen to me a lot.
0: I um, like that in my fantasy though. I like oh, yeah. comedy in it's, the fantasy. I it's think
1: very, scary, very Give me Terry
0: Pratchett. Fun. Like I love that. Oh yeah. Um,
1: but I highly recommend based off the first hundred, 150 pages. Um,
0: yeah go yep. and well, give it that's, a read. That, I mean, and that's it. You know, the to, my to read pile movie is uh The Circle by uh Dave Eggers, uh, which
1: I have, actually recently read that. And oh, I really enjoyed it. Yes. I have
0: not read it yet. I came across it in this great bookstore in Portland, Rose City uh, Book Pub. And uh I was like, oh, this, I, I pulled it off the shelf going, ah, you know, Dave Eggers, you know, one of his books was kind of intentionally pretentious which is an Mm -hmm. interesting choice like is that you know is pretension something that you get away with because you're being ironically pretentious but also intentionally (laughs) pretentious uh and so i you know i left kind of a bad taste in my mouth i was like oh he's clearly very talented but then since then and that book totally blew up and since then his what he's done with his success is so cool that it like made up for it like he's you know, started all these, uh, you know, programs for uh, students who are, you know, into reading in San Francisco. And I think it's San Francisco is where he's, uh, he's located. And I'm like, okay, he really is a cool guy. Like, I can look beyond that book. And so uh, then I, you know, was like hesitant when i pulled it off the and then i read the back uh, book cover description and i was like yeah this is I'm, one that i'm gonna have to check out i'm
1: pretty certain that's the only book of his that i've read but i thoroughly enjoyed it i won't spoil it at all for you but you you'll like it you'll like it a lot I,
0: yeah and, and that my, that is my impression is that it's the it's spoilable like it's a lot of intricacy and okay yeah so i, I will have to check that one out but uh, yeah everybody else check out the circle by dave eggers Um, okay. So where can folks follow your work and and connect with you?
1: All right. Well, um, you can, my main mode of communication is through Twitter. So you can find me through Twitter at Maggie Sumter, just M-A-G-I-S-U-M-P-T-E-R. Um, or on Instagram, which is the same thing, just with an underscore at the end.
0: There we go. Um,
1: And the, yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, and and folks should be looking out for you in the next month because uh do you do you know are they planning on doing a um a pre-order for Utopia and Green or will it just uh, arrive um, on bookshelf? It
1: it should go on pre-order a couple of weeks before it's actually released. Um if not, you know, get it anyway. <laughs> well yes, absolutely. I but I encourage readers, media.
0: you know, one this, way to support authors is that pre-order. It's a weird thing, but the yeah. you, you kind of to some extent game the algorithm by saying i am interested in this book then the algorithm says oh i'll bet a lot of other people will be too before it even arrives and so if you want to support maggie please order your copy of utopia in green as soon as it is available on pre-order so even that if you, you don't know like amazon green, realizes this one's gonna be really good
1: it on your like, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's got a really nice cover my mom did the cover for oh, it oh how
0: cool I know, what was that? right? What was? How did that come about? What was that process?
1: Um, so basically, my mom's a photographer and she's an artist. Um, and whenever Little Rooms of Bad Lighting came out in June of 21, um, she read it, and that one was probably a little more like nostalgic for us because Little Rooms was a series of one-page little micro stories from every mm-hmm. house I've ever lived in. And so my mom, whenever she read over it, she drew this giant picture and she was like, this, I read this and this is what it made me think of. I loved it so much. And so I got that, um, I got the drawing that she did tattooed on me. Oh, and how so cool. Whenever the second book came around, I was like, well, since I already know you're going to draw for it, do you want to just do the cover? And so she got on, um, she- Got on a couple different softwares and threw together the current cover for utopia and green which is absolutely gorgeous and i feel like encapsulates the whole thing perfectly and that it looks really nice cool. on your bookshelf if you decide to purchase it
0: and that's a parenting win for your mom too what a cool oh mom. yeah like absolutely you know, she's a rock sub- star supportive in this very practical way that's that's yeah she she's great oh yeah um, so now i'm going to be even more excited about is the cover has it been released can people see images yes. of that
1: Yes, uh, you can see it on my Twitter and on Kiss Books. And I believe it should be on their website as well. If not, then it should be in the next few days.
0: Oh, very cool. Folks who have ever been in this industry know covers matter. Like that's- Covers uh, matter. So that's, it's it's cool that you have one. That, and and I, I say to authors, I also own a small press and I tell my authors all the time that I want them to have a cover they are proud of so that they are out there saying, check this thing out, you know? And so uh, right. part of the marketing is- having a, a cover that the author loves like, yeah. and it makes a big difference
1: right now as it stands i'm pretty sure my mom has accidentally locked herself into a contract for the rest of our natural I, lives she's going yes, to be I doing so. cover that i i need <laughs> well and she
0: may think to herself you know this one is going to be a very expensive tattoo like she's you know at, at some point she's going to be burdening you with some really co- she's like the more black ink i am using here the more this thing is going to cost but that that is very cool how many yeah. houses did you get in the tattoo? I'm curious now.
1: Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't any houses specifically. I will see if it will show up on camera. It might not. Um, but shoot, yeah, it's
0: yeah, I this can see big that one on my
1: arm right here. Um, so it's a light bulb, and inside of the light bulb, it's uh there's a bed sitting on a thunderstorm, and there's the moon up above, and she's got little details like there's a lava lamp sitting on a nightstand here. There's stars in the sky. It was so gorgeous to me and i i was so blessed to be able to take the original like pen and paper drawing to the artist and be like yeah. this is what we have to work with please make it happen and he was so excited to make it happen too well, and so, so when so i cool eventually to have all
0: those parts be meaningful to you too you yes know? so often a tattoo is like well i got this on a w-, you know but i'm just like you i'm like no i want all the parts to mean something if this is going to be here forever
1: yes. <laughs> and i've got i've got four right now, um, and,
0: plans to get more very very soon i i I warn my students all the time you know the thing about tattoos is once you get one the first thing you start thinking is what will be my next one right (laughs) so watch out getting Very the first one is breaking the seal
1: one. Yeah, the nobody's got one tattoo you've got 20 you know? and there's really no in between oh I've
0: got mine is similar to rewarding myself for you know finishing a semester with a video game I'm working on a trilogy of uh, paranormal novels and when the trilogy is done then I get the next set of tattoos so I can't Absolutely. get those you know and it keeps me from getting one too soon I've got to finish the next book first and then I can get the tattoos that go with it so that's yeah that's part of my incentive structure
1: yeah i've got i've got several lined up for the near future at some point and when those happen will honestly just be when i have the funds like yes. whenever i have the funds and when i have the time i will go and sit down well, but my fiance's
0: month. kid is going to task tattoo school currently
1: and oh, that's like, so cool! This is
0: dangerous because we're now going to have somebody who can give us discount tattoos in the right. family.
1: Right, there's a going friend and family at... discount now. That's yeah, so... that's oh, uh, and, no. and they're a
0: very talented artist, and so it's like, oh no, this is this is going <laughs> to we're going to end up with a lot of ink. Shoot, this is
1: not going to go well.
0: Yes, uh, you know, I as just... long as I can like keep it below the collar for work, you know, then uh, yeah, I have to be totally tattooed. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm very thankful that of all the very talented people in my family, none of them are brave enough to go near a tattoo gun. Yeah, um, yeah, cuz
0: otherwise, otherwise it would be all over.
1: It, all bets are off.
0: Yes. Well, I should thank some folks before we wrap up here. I want to thank the artist Max Oakland who reached out and provided one of his songs for our intro song, I prefer the dusk. Let Max know you like it uh, by following him on Twitter at Max Oakland. And thanks to Halisna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. If you're in a band and would like your song used on the show, I would love to highlight a listener's work like Max's song. So email that to me. Thanks, as always, to Doug, the producer, for making the show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. Thank Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. We appreciate that. And I cannot forget to mention, Writers Not Writing is a production of Not A Pipe Publishing, so please go to notapipepublishing.com and check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much. Uh, If you like this show, rate and review it wherever you found it, and please check out Maggie's book and soon-to-be second book uh, and rate and review them too. Even a very short review and a single click on that fifth star makes a huge difference to authors. So if you've got three minutes make maggie's day uh that would be uh
1: i'll even take a four-star review i'm not yeah i
0: mean you know whatever you're feeling folks but uh (laughs) but uh you know yeah be be honest but also be kind um so uh let's wrap up here Uh, maggie how would you like to send do the send off of the show i talk too much you get the last word
1: all right so um this is some advice that i've always had for myself and i would like to give you guys as well you are not responsible for anyone's happiness except your own. And no one is responsible for your happiness except for you. So go and make yourself happy today. If I take my time, i make of my-